the Pentecostal Church of De Quincey. My name is Molly, and we are so glad that you chose to spend your weekend with us. We're about to start our Sunday worship experience here in just a few minutes. The lyrics will be up on the screen so you can sing along and engage in worship however you feel comfortable. After that, our pastor will come out to share an encouraging and timely message. We will be here for just about an hour or so. If you have kids with you, we want you to know our Sunday school team has a great day planned for them. It's safe, it's secure, and most importantly, your kids are going to have a great time. If this is your first time joining us today, we want you to feel right at home and know that this is a safe place and we are so glad to have you here. One of the best ways you can get connected with us is to fill out one of our connection cards. There should be a card at your seat or in front of you. If you can take just a moment to fill that out and hand it to one of our ushers during our time of giving. You can also text the word GUEST to 337-227-9609 to fill out one of our digital connection cards. We've got a special gift just for you. A small token of our appreciation for you being here. We are so excited to connect with you. Now, let's get ready to worship. Man, who's ready to worship the Lord this morning?
you, oh Lord. You're beautiful. You're so wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Free. 
living proof, why don't you go ahead and put your hands together this morning. Thank you, Lord, that my life is not my own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. As you return to your seat, you can be seated. We have a few announcements. If you are a guest with us this morning, we want to first welcome you, and we want to thank you for being here. You had many, many choices around De Quincey to go to church, and we are so excited and thankful you chose us this morning. We would like to connect with you. We want you to know that we're a safe place. We would like to connect with you, and we have several ways to do that. The first is through a connection card that is in the pew right in front of you. If you'll fill that out, and the best part of this connection card is there's a prayer request box down at the bottom. Those, uh, those prayer requests go to the prayer team, and they pray over those each and every week. If you don't uh, want to fill one out by hand, you can do it digitally by simply texting the word guest and sending that in to 337-227-9609. And uh, we, would, we have a gift for you as well that we'd like to get with you. Uh, one couple more announcements. If you, are a, if you are a senior in high school and you want to apply for the TPC scholarship, you need to see Brother Cameron Taylor as soon as possible. Okay? And as our uh, ushers come forward, we would like everyone to know that out on the foyer tables and on the bistro tables in each entrance of the uh, church, we have the Easter invite cards that have been prayed over. They've been anointed by pastor this morning and prayed over and simply you know, asking the Lord to put you at the right place at the right time with this card to someone that, that needs to be invited. So we have plenty of them. We have more than, you know, more than enough. We have several out. We have a whole box of them. So we're going to keep replenishing them throughout the next week. Easter's only two weeks away. So we would love for you to pick some of these up and invite some of your friends. So let's go to the Lord as we give. Lord, thank you so much for putting us here this morning. We ask, Lord God, that you open our hearts and our minds to the word of our pastor, Lord. And we ask you that you enrich this gift that we're about to give, Lord, that you would use it, Lord, to impact the world, that we would bring the good news all over the world, that the sun would never set on what you're doing through TPC. God, we thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. God bless you as you give.
Father, would you stand and would you give God praise? Come on, if you're a believer, let's lift up the name of the Lord together. Thank you that we can be in your house to worship you, to find freedom. Lord, we love you. We exalt your name. Hallelujah. Now, if you would, turn to your neighbor and tell them something nice, such as, hey, it's great to see you today. Glad that you're here. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. If you will remember, Sister Carter, Sister Sissy Carter had a light heart attack and she's been in the hospital for a few days, but she's back home and she's doing better. But just remember Sissy Carter. She's such a sweetheart and remember her in prayer. Then Brother Robbie Bankins is in tremendous amount of pain this morning. Brother Robbie, if you're watching, we're praying for you, sir. And we love you. Remember Brother Robbie Bankins. Remember, most of you will know him as Pops. He's Billy Tubby, but Pops and Granny, he had knee replacement surgery, if you'll remember Pops. I know he would appreciate that. Sister Christine Darty had back surgery, and she is recovering and needed our prayers. So much going on in our world, and so many people, amen, that need prayer. And we believe in the power of prayer. Yes, we do. We know that prayer works. If I ask you today as an example of prayer that works, I think pretty much everybody would lift their hands because I'm thinking everybody in this room has had some type of prayer answered that you know it was divine intervention. Amen. Well, just thank all of you for being here in the house of the Lord. I know that it takes time for you to get yourself and your families ready and dressed. But I'm going to tell you, I've already felt the rich presence of God in this house. And I love to feel the presence of the Lord. And it's always good to see you. Uh, going back to Brother Robbie Bankin, he texted me something that was humorous. And I believe he's allowed me to share it. He has a five-year-old son. And his name is Eli. And Eli was being taken to preschool by his mother. And his mother told him, she said, Eli, now you be a good son. You be a good boy today. And remember that Jesus is there with you and you, he's watching you. And Eli told his mama, he said, no, he's not, mama. Jesus is at Sunday school. <laughs> well, that was sweet. But I want to remind you, Jesus don't just stay at Sunday school. When you walk out of this building, you're going to take him with you. Aren't you glad to know that? <laughs> he goes with you. I'm going to just talk out of my heart this morning. I don't know. I'm, I may not preach long. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, that's a good thought. But I do just want to speak to you out of my spirit. And I want to talk to you on this subject. Let's stop thinking we don't matter. You said, Pastor, you've already preached that. That's right. I'm going to preach part two. Here we go. Let's stop thinking that you don't matter. Father, for the next few minutes, would you just anoint my mind and my mouth and help us now that we're here in body to be here in spirit. That, Lord, we would not be distracted by anything, but that we would be in tune to your word. God, that it would be a seed that is sown into our hearts and that it would bear forth fruit in due season. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say amen. amen. Thank you again for being here. God bless you. You can be seated. 
If I were to ask you, what do you think is the greatest sin in the Bible? If I was to ask you a question, what do you think is the greatest sin? Some of you here this morning thinks the greatest sin is to be a Democrat. <laughs> Some of you on the other side of the aisle think the greatest sin is to be a Republican. I know there's some in here that think the greatest sin is to be a Dallas Cowboy fan. <laughs> Boy, I'm, it's already getting divisive in here. Well, some of you think that the greatest sin is getting stoned. And I'm not talking about with rocks now. Some of you think the greatest sin is to go out and get drunk. Oh, that's just the greatest sin. Others of you, if I ask you what is the greatest sin, you'd say probably adultery. Adultery is probably one of the greatest sins in some of your minds. And we could just keep going on. The list really could be endless. But I want you to look at Revelation 3 and 15. This is the New King James Version. Jesus said that he would rather us be cold or hot than lukewarm. Brothers and sisters, I submit to all of you sweet people that I love very dearly that the greatest sin, according to what I see in Scripture, is not getting stoned, it's not getting drunk, and it's not adultery. The greatest sin out of Jesus' mouth is that He wants us to be either hot or He wants us to be cold. Because if we're straddling the fence, if you read the King James Version, it used some very strong language, and it says that God will vomit you out of His mouth. I am saying to all of us sweet people, the greatest sin is being disinterested and lukewarm toward God. God wants every one of us, and I speak to you with all the love in my heart, He would rather you be hot or He would rather you be cold. But if you're in here trying to look cute on a Sunday and then do the devil's work on a Monday, God has no use for that. He loves you. He went to Calvary for you, but He didn't die for you to come in and play cute church. God said to love Him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength. So if you're a believer, I want you to give God five seconds of your best praise right now. I am passionate this morning about delivering this word to you. I can't understand if we call ourselves a believer and let the world out worship us over a football, baseball, or soccer ball. I can't get that for the life of me. None of that caused you to come out of darkness into his marvelous light. I enjoy watching football, baseball. I'm not too much of a soccer fan, but I'll tell you, I am a fanatic about Jesus Christ and the power of the transforming gospel of His grace and mercy. Hallelujah. So just let me remind you, when Jesus encountered the woman who had committed adultery, God did not look at her with disdain, roll His eyes, and walk away saying, How dare you? 
When God encountered the woman at the well, He said, go and get your husband. She said, I have no husband. Jesus looked at her and said, well said, you've got five of them. He knew her. And yet again, He didn't walk away and say, how dare you live such a lifestyle? When Jesus walked into uh, the the tomb, or rather the guard, the, the the cemetery, pardon me, because there was a man that was full of demons. He cast out the pigs, and he sent the pigs into the river, but he kept the man because he understood that even though this man was full of demons, God still loved him. What are you saying? I'm saying that the sin of adultery, the sin of having five husbands, and the sin of being full of devils uh, did not cause God to step away but the sin of being lukewarm he hates it and he will spew us out of his mouth did that just make sense that's why brothers and sisters you see me up here whether I feel like it or not whether I've had a good week or bad week whether God's answered a prayer or I don't hardly even feel him I'm still going to worship him not based off of what he's done for me but based off of who he is come on somebody can I get a witness I'm going to talk today about you matter I want you to look at three people with a smile on your face and tell them, you matter. Tell them like you mean it. You matter. Who do I matter to? You matter to God. Come on, somebody. I said, you matter to God. You matter to God, and God wants you to be passionate about His purposes. He wants you to come in here and not just come in here on a Sunday, but He wants you living large for Him Monday through Saturday because you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. So stop saying you don't matter. You matter. You matter so much that Jesus went to Calvary and He would have died just to give you a choice. Some of you may have heard of the famous author. His name is C.S. Lewis. He was a renowned author. He wrote many things such as The Great Divorce, Mere Christianity, The Screwtape Letters. Famous author. Well known. If you haven't read his works, do yourself a favor and read them. C.S. Lewis wrote this. Christianity is a statement which, if false, is of no importance. And if true, of infinite importance. The one thing it cannot be is moderately important. So I'm going to just say it, brothers and sisters. If Jesus was a real person and he rose from the grave, then this is of utmost importance. But if Jesus wasn't real and he didn't get out of the grave, then all of us are just wasting our time by even being here. But here's what I believe, that there was a man, and his name was Jesus. And he died for the sins of the whole world. And they put him in a barley tomb because they knew he wouldn't be staying there. And on the third day, he got up. And because he got up, you can get up. And because he lives, you can have hope for tomorrow. And because he lives, my fear is gone. 
somewhere beyond the blue. Say, Pastor, what did you eat this morning? I hadn't. Hadn't eaten one thing. I normally don't eat on Sunday mornings. Why? Because I just want to keep my mind clear. God, I want my mind to be clear so that when I step to that podium, I can speak the word of God. I'm going to tell you what has happened. I'm saying, God, remove everything out of me. Show me anything and everything that would hinder me. Oh, God, in my relationship with you, I don't care if it's in the past or the present. Show me because I want to be on fire for the Lord. I want to be passionate about his purpose. I want to see TPC rise up and realize that God calls you sons and daughters, kings and queens. And he loves you with an everlasting love. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to remind you real quickly that God never called the wealthiest, the best looking, the smartest, or the most educated. It's never been those people that's changed the world. The people that have made the biggest difference have one thing in common, and they're all people that have passion. When you think of somebody like Mother Teresa, whether you agree with her or not, Mother Teresa was a very passionate woman. Whether you agree with Nelson Mandela or not, he was a very passionate man about his cause. Whether you agree with Billy Graham or not, Billy Graham was passionate about the gospel. The Apostle Paul said, one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind me. And I press. I keep pressing. I've done some bad things in my past. But Paul said, I keep pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He was passionate. King David was so passionate about worship that his wife criticized him. And then if you keep reading, you will find we don't know this for sure, but we do know that she couldn't have a child. Was it because she criticized David's worship that her wound become barren? I don't know if it was or not, but I'm going to tell you something. You better be careful who you're making fun of when they are being passionate about Jesus Christ because there's something that God loves about a person that will stand up and worship Him with all of their heart, their soul, their mind, and their strength. Yes, these were people that were fueled by passion. Life is too short to waste. Look at your neighbor and tell them life is too short to waste. Life is too short to waste. Life is too short to waste. There are things that matter. And we say, we say we don't matter. If we don't matter, brothers and sisters, then why did Jesus say, I would rather you be hot or cold? Because lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. If it doesn't matter how we live, then why did Jesus tell us this is the way I want you to live? If you don't matter, then, then, then why did Jesus put so much emphasis that you be hot and passionate and on fire if you want to represent him? Yes, it does matter. You say, I don't matter. Yes, you do matter. Yes, you do matter. I'm going to keep saying it. Yes, you do matter. God is pursuing you and the enemy is pursuing you. 
Come on, if God who is the greatest being in the entire universe and a fallen angel is all both pursuing you, it must mean you matter because God wants you for his purposes and the enemy wants to try to distract you for his purposes and you are right in the middle and every day you are having to choose. I choose life. I choose Christ. I choose him. I choose to live passionate for the purposes of Jesus. Yes, you do matter. And here's what the Apostle Paul did. He warned every one of us about losing our passion. I'm not calling you young people out. I promise to God I'm not calling you out. But listen, it's one thing to get on fire and it's another thing to stay on fire. You know what I want to see? I want to see y'all stepping out next Sunday morning. I want to see y'all out here at this front next Sunday. Would you, would you do that for pastor? Would you do that for me? Thank you. Why? Because people don't follow ice trucks. They follow fire trucks. People want to go where the fire is falling. People want to know where the truth is being preached. And where can I get healing for my heart? Where can I get peace for my mind? Where can I get a purpose worth living? I'm here to tell you that it's in this house. It's in this word. It's in following the Lord. Can I get a witness? And so here's what Paul said, because he knew that all of us could eventually begin to lose our passion. And he said this in Romans 12 and 11. He says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Here's the key word. Keep it. You know why? Because it's not automatic. Come on. I said it's not automatic. You can build a big old fire, but if you don't keep poking it, it's going to die out. And if you don't keep feeding it, eventually the biggest fire, a bonfire, will eventually die out. And that's why we got to keep coming to church. People are so funny to me. They say, well, why don't you just keep going to church? Well, I want to turn that around. Why do you keep going to the bar? Why do you keep going to church? Why do you keep going to ball games? Why you keep doing this as Christians? Why you keep doing that is what you're doing. Because we got a purpose to live for. I'm not trashing ball games. Now you might not show up at the bar. Unless it's the spiritual bar. But I'm not condemning anyone. I'm going to just ask the question. When are we going to stop bowing down to the world's values? Come on somebody. We need to stand up and say, you know what? If God was resurrected on the third day, then it means something. And if he wasn't, well, then go out and do whatever you please. But brothers and sisters, I believe that God was resurrected. And I believe that he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for every one of you. Do you believe that? Then give God some praise in this house right now. So go back to the scripture. It says keep. What do you got to do? You got to keep that spiritual fervor. Why? Because it's not automatic. So the best way to live with passion is to let the spirit of God move your heart to unleash compassion. 
Here's what the book of Jude says in verse 22, I believe it is. Making a difference, having compassion. Or having compassion, making a difference. You know how you can live with passion? Have compassion. Do you know how you can live with passion? Have compassion. Open up your heart and just give away whatever you have. You say, I don't have much. David, what's in your hand? Just a sling. Use it to fight the giant. Moses, what's in your hand? All I got's just a little stick. Use it and put it over the Red Sea and watch me depart the waters. Jesus, what do you have in your hand? I got a little spit and I got a little mud. Put it on the blind man's eyes and let's see what happens. Quit saying you don't have anything. What do you have in your hand? You've got something. God gave every man, woman, boy, and girl some type of talent. And he wants you to use it for his glory. Stir up the gift. Let's live passionately for Jesus Christ. Come on. Stop saying you don't matter. Yes, you do. Jesus, he spoke these words to some old, respectable, traditional, religious elite who had lost their compassion. And this is what he told them. He said, unless you change and unless you become like a little child, you can't enter the kingdom of God. I want to say to all of us sweet people here this morning, for all of you old timers, you may be retired from your job, but God wants you to refire for his purpose. You say, well, I'm getting older. I I do understand that. But listen, Moses began his greatest work at 80. I just want to call people like Sister Ruth and Brother and Sister Brown and some of you older ones. You know what? Everyone in the Hope House and Celebrate Recovery needs your wisdom. They need your love. They need you to come and put your hand on their back and say, I see a spark in you. I see a potential in you. And if you'll stay on fire for God, there's no telling what God can do with your life. We all need Sister June and some of these other ladies and men that are elders to lay their hands upon us and say, hey, I just want to tell you, every day hadn't been a good day, but the Lord has brought me through. Yes, I had struggles in my marriage too, but God brought me through. Yes, I had sicknesses in my body and my babies were sick, but God brought me through. You know what? I've never seen anybody say, come on, back up, Pastor. You're giving me way too much encouragement. It's just an overdose. No, you know what? We all need to be encouraged every day come on we don't need to condemn people we don't need to put people down we don't need to judge people we need to encourage people and the more so as the day approaches that's what the bible says keep encouraging somebody heaven is going to be your home and it's going to be worth it Uh, so maybe we lose something as an adult in the process of becoming an adult That God never intended for us to lose. And so to all of my sweet elders. I say this with all humility. Instead of us becoming opinionated and harsh. And uptight and judgmental. We need to reconnect with Jesus. Who wants us to change. And become like children. And you know what children do? You know what they say? Do it again daddy. Don't they? Do it again mama. And you swing them some more. Do it again. 
And then, Daddy, would you swing me some more? And you're out there for an hour swinging till your arms are getting tired. And they're just looking at you. Do it again. Just keep doing again. Daddy, would you do it again? And I'm telling you, you can push them for two hours on the swing. Do it again. How many know what I'm talking about? That's what I think we've lost. I think we need to say, God, do it again. God, change a heart again. God, transform a life again. I love to see God bring people out of darkness and put his light in them. Daddy, would you do it again? Would you transform De Quincey? God, would you do it again? Would you change this whole southwest region for the glory of God? Would you do it again? Would you do it again? The Lord has showed me things that I'm not going to put you on blast. But I could come right to you. I could put my finger on your head and say some things that I know you're doing because the Lord has showed me. But I'm not here to put you on blast. I'm here to try to convince you to come on and get passionate about the Lord. Come on, because what you're looking for is not what you have. Because if you had it, you would be happy. But you're looking for something because you haven't found it yet. Can I introduce you to a God that will wash your sins with his red blood and make your heart whiter than snow and give you a purpose for living? Would you stand to your feet and give God some praise in this house? Yes, you do, Lord. Now, to all of you that are new believers, I just want to tell you something so you're not freaked out by just what happened. If you go to the book of Corinthians, you'll find where in the New Testament there was tongues and interpretation. And through that interpretation, God would speak to His church. Now, you have one or two choices. You can believe that what just happened was false, phony, full of baloney. Or you can believe that what just happened, God is speaking to us through a vessel. And he is telling us.
See, I'm very different as a pastor. I don't force you to believe anything. You have to make up your own choice what you believe. God didn't ask me to make you believe something. You have to determine what you choose to believe. I believe that God still speaks to His people. Why? Because He loves us so much. I don't believe that America is being judged right now. I believe that God is trying to get America's attention so that she'll come to her knees and say, You are Lord and I am not. What did the Lord just speak to us? He said, I've tried and I've tried to get you to a place of repentance. And I don't understand why you're not coming. But I am coming after a bride that has separated herself. What does sanctified mean, Pastor? It means to separate yourself from sin. Why? Why do I need to separate myself from sin? Because light can't dwell with darkness. And God doesn't want to flow. He loves you, but He doesn't want to flow through a muddy vessel. He wants you to be clean so that you can serve His purposes and that the light and the love of Him can be shed abroad in your heart and that others can see it. Brothers and sisters, you are so important that God would take time out to remind you that He loves you so much that He wants you to forsake all the other idols. Why is God a jealous God? Because He knows the idols that we serve only take us down. He's the only God that lifts us up. That's why He's jealous over you today. And He wants you to make a choice. Choose you this day whom you would serve. I'm going to say this as you prepare your hearts and minds for what you're about to do. God said, I'd rather you be hot or I'd rather you be cold. Because if you're somewhere in the middle, God said, I can't stand that. I have to get that out of my mouth. Someone needs to make a choice today. Would you bow your head all over this house? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I haven't come. I haven't come to force anybody, make anybody. It's not about, Lord, what I say. It's about what you say. It's not my word, it's your word. And Lord, you are coming that people may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And someone here this morning perhaps is maybe running out of time. And you are trying to get their attention. And Lord, you are wanting them to come. Because you know that the enemy only steals, he kills, and he destroys. But you have come that we all might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Now, everybody in this house, if you would, I want you to just to begin to talk to the Lord and say, God, forgive me for the sins of my mouth. Come on, let's talk. Everybody in this house, God, forgive me for the sins of my mouth. Things, oh God, that I've said with my mouth that are not pleasing to you. God, things that I've thought, Lord, thoughts that I've had in my mind that are not pleasing to you. God, things that I've done with my body, Lord, that are not pleasing to you, Father. So the sins of my mouth and the sins of my mind and the sins of my body. God, I just, Lord, want to confess it to you. Here I am, God. I surrender all. I'm not here to beg anybody. I'm not a beggar. I don't see Jesus begging anybody to follow him. He just simply asked. I'm not a beggar. I'm a believer. And I believe we all need to come back to the cross and say, God, 
Help me again, Lord, to keep my fervency. Help me once again to keep my passion. I want to be on fire for you. Is there any believers in this house? Is there anybody in this house that will come and say,
mean you're a sinner. doesn't mean you're bad. It just means we need to be a family right now. And we need to let the love of God flow through us. Somebody, God is drawing somebody in this room today. He's drawing somebody in this room today to make a decision. To make a decision. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. Step out right now. it's hard for me right now not to be upset I'm really struggling right now not to be upset I, I don't I'm gonna I'm gonna be as kind as I can without looking at you but I don't understand when your pastor asks you to do something and you don't do it I don't get that I don't understand it I don't I don't get it I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to try to help you. I'm here to try to get all of us to go to heaven together. And all I simply ask is, would you just step out and come to the front? That's it. That's all I've asked. I don't get it. I don't. But God knows. But I'm going to just tell you, I'm passionate about having a move of God in every service. And I'm going to say this without looking at you, but look. If this freaks you out and you just want cute church and you don't want to move a God, I love you with all of my heart. But maybe this is not where you need to be. Maybe it's not where you need to be. I want to take everybody to heaven with me. And God loves a full house. But not at the extent of a show. This ain't a show. This is life and death. This is eternity. So I'm going to ask you again with all the grace and compassion I have in my heart. I'm asking you to step out from where you are. And I want you to come up to this front. And I want every one of us to lift up our hands and just talk to the Lord. Make sure from the platform to the back pew, from the eldest in here to the youngest in here, we all need to understand that we are important And that God loves us. But we're not serving His purposes. If there's things in our lives that are hindering us from being what He wants us to be. And God is taking time out to say, TPC, I love you. You are my light. You are my love. You are my bride. And I'm drawing you. I'm drawing you. Father, Lord, I sure don't want to do anything with the bad spirit. Don't want to do anything with the wrong spirit. But I know that you have more for this church than cute church. Sanctify us, O oh God. 
and set us apart so that we can be meat for the master's use. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I surrender all. Would you sing that? loves you deeply if I didn't love you deeply I wouldn't care but I care about you I care about your families I was up early this morning praying for you your families your parents your grandparents your aunts your uncles your grandchildren praying for this community oh hallelujah hallelujah Would you just lay your hand on a neighbor's shoulder and would you just pray? God, would you would you just, Lord, here's how I want you to pray. God, just renew our passion. Would you pray that way? God, renew our passion, Lord. Because we know that Paul tells us we can all lose our lose our zeal and we gotta we gotta go back to our first love and we got to return, oh God, to what is important because we can get so, so caught up in the culture, so caught up in this toxic culture that we, we forget sometimes. We just kind of start losing our way. So, Father, stir up again. Call us back to our first works. Call us back to prayer, fasting. And loving you with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. Jesus. 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 I've been reading I've been reading and I read where the average person has 28,000 the average person lives 28,079 days 28,079 days and I'll be 55 in, in August the 14th. And by the way, somebody sent out an April Fool's that it was my birthday on April Fool's. And I got a big laugh out of that. And that was funny. And whoever sent it, that's great. I loved it. My, bir- my birthday's actually in August the 14th. So on August the 14th, I'll be 55 years of age. So if it's true that the average life is 28,079 days... 
And on August the 14th at 55, I, I figured it up. I will have lived 20,000 of those days. 20,000 of those days. I actually gave myself the benefit of the doubt. And uh, I just calculated from today. And when I did, it gave me like 8,300 and some odd days. If I live to be average, the average age. And I got to thinking, I want to sure make my life count for the next 8,000 and however many days I have. I want to make my life count for more than just making money, driving a nice car and living in a house on a hill. I want to make my life count for eternity. I want to just, I want to give it everything I've got. I know y'all are standing and I appreciate it. You're very kind. If I listen to me, youth, if I could go back, if I could rewind till I was 20 years of age, here's the one big regret that I have. One big regret. If I could go back to Molly's age at 20 and relive my life, I would give myself so much more to God. Because as you get older, that's the truth. It takes you a little while. I understand. It's not that you're not smart. You're all smart. But I just don't know if you can get it because you're young. But once you get 55 and you had the nice car and you got the house on the hill and it's big and you got the beautiful wife and you got the kids and you've made, you know, whatever. You got $2 to rub together and you can go and buy yourself a meal. And you got some great friends. And then you look at your life and say, my God, he's been so good to me. My one regret, Debbie, is that I didn't give myself more to him because there's only two things Peyton it's going to last forever hear me sweetheart it's God and people that's it everything else you're either going to leave behind when you leave and somebody else is going to get it or it's going to melt away in a fervent heat but the only thing that's going to live forever is God and people and if I had it to do all over again sister June I would give my life so much more to him I don't know if you can get this, TJ, but if you can, son, listen to your pastor who loves you so much. Blake, listen to your pastor who loves you so much. Son, I don't have a problem with you playing football. Play. Enjoy it. You're young only once. But give your life to God and sell yourself out to Jesus Christ. You young people, Drew. Drew, son, your pastor loves you. But if I could tell you something, give your life to God. And I promise when you get 55, you're not going to look back and say, man, I wish I'd have done less for him. You're going to look back and say, I wish I'd have done more. Because now I really, really, really. Man, why does it take so long, Debbie? Why does it take so long? Why is our skull so thick that we can't get it? So I've just been asking God to forgive me all over again. God, please forgive me. Because I know what it is to come into church lukewarm. I know what it is to come into church cold. Y'all, this is in my heart. You listen, all you sweet musicians, you do a great job. But Ashton, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not just picking on you. I'm talking to all of you. This is a great place to backslide. How do you know? Because I was a drummer for my daddy for years and years and years. And while everybody else is going to the altar and everybody else is worshiping, I'm up there playing. And if you're not careful, your heart can get cold. 
And here's what I'm saying. I believe every one of these love the Lord. And I believe they're on fire for God. But we all got to make sure, no matter where we're serving, that we keep pressing. And that we keep Him number one. Can I get a witness? Sister Kaylee, just sing this little chorus. And let's all sing it together. And then we'll see what the Lord will do. You matter to the Lord. You, you can, can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Come on, quit looking at what you don't have and get what you do. Use it for God. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak through me. Give some love away before you walk out.